0: Now, this month, October, actually is our missions month. And uh, we will be having our missions rally two Sundays from now. And that's when we will start a, a brand new missions year, especially as it relates to the missions giving. All right, so next week will be the final week if you are giving to fulfill the pledges that you have made for 2015 and 2016. You can still do so, next week will be the final week, All right. We continue to pray that the Lord will bless you, to enable you to fulfill the pledges that you have made. After that, on October 15 and 16 onwards, any money that is given on two Sundays from now will be credited into the new missions year. So we want to thank you for standing with us, and a lot of things have been accomplished even in the field of missions. And so along, along, along that line, all right, I'd like to talk something about missions this morning. So I'll, we'll take a break from uh, Thessalonians and uh, this will be an early start to our missions year. To just wet up your appetite. Our theme for the new missions year is Beyond Your World. Everybody say, Beyond Your World. It's a very exciting theme, alright, to take us out beyond our present world and beyond what we have already accomplished and have already done in these 13 nations of the world. We want to go beyond our world. Shall we stand for the reading of God's word? The text is taken. Our theme text is from Isaiah 55, but I'd like to to minister today from this text and also from Genesis. Let's read together. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. That's from Isaiah 55 verse 8 to verse 9. Reading from Genesis 12, 1 to 4. Now the Lord said to Abraham, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house To the land that I will show you And I will make of you a great nation And I will bless you And make your name great So that you will be a blessing I will bless those who bless you And him who dishonours you I will curse And in you all the families of the earth Shall be blessed So Abram went as the Lord had told him And the Lord went with him Abram was 75 years old When he departed from Haran, 75 years old and still moving. Hmm, think about that. Continue on in Genesis 15. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision. Fear not, Abraham, I am your shield. Your reward shall be great. But Abraham said, O Lord God, what will you give me? For I continue childless. And the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. And he believed the Lord, and he counted it to him as righteousness. Thank you. Please be seated. May the Lord add blessings to his word. Beyond your world. That's a very exciting theme. And this theme itself, begs the question. The first question that this theme will beg is, how big is your world? If your world is big enough already Then you do, not need have, you do not need to go beyond your world But the very fact that the challenge is to go beyond your world That's the question How big is your world in the first place? And how do you see your world? Small or Big Is your world too small? Too small until God have to say your thoughts are not my thoughts. Your ways are not my ways because they are too small. God have to make that declaration to wake us up. That perhaps our world has been too small. When do you know that your world is too small? When it covers only your tiny corner. When I grow up, I thought that the world is made up of Alostar Kedal. And maybe a little bit bigger than that. And so I remember when I was a secondary student, my, our, our school teacher, you know, the one who trains us in swimming, Took us over to Penang to watch the the, uh, uh, inter school uh, 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 swimming competition because we would represent the school. Man, the first time when I crossed over to Penang Island, it's like a brand new world has opened up. And when you cross that ferry, in those days, all right, it was uh, duty free. It was really, really something to look forward to. But many of us perhaps are, look, are staying in our own little corner of the world. And that's why God told Abraham, I want you to leave the country of Ur. Where is Ur? It's right here. Actually, this is, the entire part here is Iraq. And most archaeologists, most Bible scholars believe that Ur is on the, in the southern part of Mesopotamia all right, right here on the southern part By the west of the Euphrates River Although some scholars say Because of the description of everything that happened It could be up in the northern part The problem is because There are several cities that are named Earth. Some are in the north, some are in the south And so because of that It's not really certain But most Bible scholars believe that it's right here very close to Bedek itself. And so God called Abraham and said, I want you to leave Ur. Er. Now Ur er is not like Alostar in an Ulu place. If you study Bible history, Ur er is one of the richest cities in the area. And this area here, Babylon and all these things, the ancient Babylon is a very rich, very powerful place. The people are very wealthy. Many people are very wealthy in the land of Ur. The people have a very advanced culture. So Terah and Abraham set out from Ur, journeyed all the way to Haran, and then to Canaan, and later into Egypt. The world of Abraham in Ur is not a very Ulu kampong place is a cosmopolitan in that time. As much as Egypt is famous for their pyramid, Earl of the Chaldees is famous for their ziggurat. How they build it is an amazing feat itself. But it is religious in nature. It is a symbol of their worship of their moon god. The Zulgeret is the stairway to heaven to worship the moon goddess called Nana. And so the people were very religious, steeped into moon worship. But Abraham's background was different. He was from the descendant of Adam, the godly line, the one who continues to offer sacrifices unto God. And so God called him out of that world. God also called him out from his tent Now Abraham was a tent dweller He lived a life of testimony A life of separation from the world There are many nice houses in Ur He could have easily bought plenty of land And built nice bungalows Architecture there was very advanced Although it was around the year 2005 B.C just about 500 years after the flood. But Abraham chose to dwell in a tent. He wouldn't meet with the people in the land of Ur, moon worshippers. He maintained his testimony. So something there's something about the tent of Abraham and Sarah. According to tradition, Abraham and Sarah kept Their tent opened in all four directions It is an open tent And their life was very simple But that tent also is a symbolic of his way of life So God called Abraham out of earth And at one instant, God called in chapter 15 of the book of Genesis God called Abraham out of his tent To show him something remarkable that is going beyond his world, and God is calling us to do likewise. Sometimes within Malaysia is very big, but actually Malaysia, the square kilometer is only about three hundred thirty thousand, population about thirty point five, and yearly growth is one point three eight seven percent, and daily increase is about one thousand one hundred people. Compare that with China. Look at the land area of China. 9.6 million square kilometer. Malaysia is just a dot. Population, 1.4 billion. Daily increase, 17,000. Compare that with the world. The world is big. 510 million square kilometer. Population, about 7.5 billion now. Daily increase, 227,000. So Malaysia is very small. Alastair is even much, much smaller. But Talin Jaya, Klang, wherever you are from, you think that's your world? You think Bangsa is great? You think Kiara is great? That's your world? Hey, there's a much bigger world out there. And the world we are talking about is not just... The geographical area is also our worldly perspective Jesus never travelled out of Palestine In his three or three and a half years of ministry And while he was on earth His disciples never travelled out of Palestine And yet Jesus had a world vision He had a world vision He knew what was happening And when the Greeks came to him Oh, you know, that, that, was the big, that, was, that was one of the highlights That the world is coming to Jesus Christ He recognized it In John chapter 12 Say to your neighbor I was not born for one corner The whole world is my native land Tell it to your neighbor Amen Amen now, I'm not, telling you to, I'm not telling you to move out where you are right now, all right? physically or geographically. But we are not born for one corner. God has greater plan for each and every one of us. You know that your world is too small when it is just made up of me, myself, and mine. Hello? So many times, it's just what I want, what I feel, what I desire, what I think, That's the most important thing in life. I, I, I. If you continue in that perspective, your world is too small. You realize that this world is not just made up of what you want, what you desire, what you feel. There's a bigger world out there. And God has a purpose that extends far beyond me And mine Far beyond you and yours You know that your world is too small When your dreams are small Most of us have dreams But almost all of our dreams Are just way too small You dream of a job promotion That's great You dream of making big money. You dream of a big house. You dream of early retirement so that you can enjoy the fruits of your labor. That's great. You dream of your children getting married and you become grandparents. That's great. But do you know that all these things are just way too small? Most of our dreams have to do with just ourselves. And they are way too small. We never imagine that we can account to something in life. Many of us have difficulty in thinking that we can do great things for God. We are held back by our fears, by our inferiority, by the smallness of our dreams. One classic case is when James and John, you remember James and John coming to to our Lord Jesus Christ just as he was heading towards Jerusalem when Jesus was going to face his death and there were these two guys, his disciples came up to him and said, Master, we want to ask you something and we want you to do whatever that we ask you. Wow, what audacious demand. To come to the master and say, we want you to do whatever you want. Or whatever we want you to do. How dare they talk to the master in that manner? And yet, I think that's how we talk to God, isn't it? Lord, I want you to do this for me. And we ask all kinds of things. We think these are big issues to us. But actually, it's non-issue to God. So we come to God and say, God, we want, I, I want you to, to do this for me today. Or next week, or, 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 or in this situation. And so we say, Lord, I want, I, uh, no, this, this Saturday is very important for me. Please don't let it rain. Because I'm going out with my golf buddies to play golf. Please don't let it rain, you know. Uh, it's very important. And we think that's a big issue to God small dreams. But let it rain on Friday because my lawn, you know, the, my, 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 uh, my yard, the small patch of garden that I have, they are drying up in the hot sun. Please let it rain on Friday, but don't let it rain on, Sunday, uh, on Saturday. We come to God with all our demands. But Jesus, you know, He tolerated all of that. And He said to James and John, what do you want me to do for you? And they boldly said, we want you to put one of us on the right hand and the other on the left hand when you come in your kingdom. Wow. What an audacious demand. What they are saying is we don't want to go by merit. We want you to put us on the right hand and left hand because we know you and you know us. Not whether we earn it, or we deserve it. it, does not matter. And Jesus kind of play along in that sense and Jesus says can you drink of the cup that I drink or be baptized with the baptism that I'm baptized with there's a price to be paid can you pay that price and they without thinking even with pride perhaps with arrogance say yes we can we can drink of that cup and we can be baptized with the same baptisms. Jesus knew that they were not, they don't know what they were talking about. But he was so gentle, he was so patient with, with them. Here he was going to his death and drink of that cup for the salvation of the world. And they have these petty issues, small dreams of who's on the right and who's on the left. Positions of power, positions of influence. That's what they were concerned about. But Jesus finally said, you may be able to drink of the cup that I drink and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with, but it is not for me to give these positions. But it is reserved for those to whom it has been prepared. Jesus wants to take them out from the small world, from the small dream to a bigger dream for the salvation of the world. Jesus was thinking about the salvation of the entire world and there they were in the small dreams. One on the left, one on the right. And many times our dreams and our requests of God are just too small. That's because we live in a small world God wants to take us out of that world. You know your world is too small when it is too familiar and too, way too comfortable. How many of you like to have this kind of vacation? Oh, beautiful, isn't it? If only our life can be like that every day. But many of us are very comfortable in our world. It may not be floating... In nice, clear water. For example, when you come in here, where do you sit? You go back and sit the same place, isn't it? But Donald, you are sitting in a different seat. You normally sit over there. Today you are seated <laughs> over there. Good for you. I know where you sit even. Some of you, not all. Some of you sit in... Certain places, certain seats, maybe the aircon is too cold in some area and you choose a not so cold area, whatever it is. But we have our comfort zone, each one of us. Zone that we are comfortable with, we are familiar with. Even the food that we eat, the restaurant that we choose, the, the route that we use to go to work or to come to church, These are all very familiar. You wouldn't just be detoured to a different place and do different things. Many of us are uncomfortable with that. That's the world that we live in. Very familiar, very comfortable. But I tell you, just a a change in where you are will change your perspective. For example, just sitting where you are, you have been sitting in the same seat for the past 20 years. Not 20 years Because we have been here Shorter than 20 years Alright uh, Maybe for the past 10 years And it's comfortable That's your comfort zone But if you just You know Instead of sitting this side You come and sit in front And see Hey these seats are open You know By the way You know And uh, the, 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 all the seats there Thank you for sitting over there It's, it's open for you all You know don't, be, don't, don't think Oh these are reserved for the pastors Come and sit in front And your perspective will change You begin to see Not just the head of somebody in front of you. All right? Or the back of somebody. You know, or or, or, or whatever it is. Your perspective will change. Too many times you are too comfortable in where we are, what we are doing. And that's when our world becomes too small. The magic happens outside of your comfort zone. And when God says, get out of your country, Abraham. He's saying, Get out of your comfort zone. Because God is about to do something great that will blow even Abraham's mind. Guy Finde say, The smaller the world you live in, the greater your fears and worries. Sometimes we think that in our small world, we will be safe and secure. But it's the reverse. Those people whose world, whose thinking, whose perspective is very small and revolves around themselves in their boundaries of the comfort zone, they are filled with worries and fear. When the world is too small, you have greater fears and worries. That's why one of the first things that God to- said to Abraham is Abraham, do not fear. Abraham has been living in fear in his own small world until God took him out of death. So how big is your world? The first question we need to ask to go beyond your world. The second question is, how big is your God? Scripture declares, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts and my ways are higher than your ways. How big is our God? For many of us, our God is too small. And the reason why our God is too small is because our world is too small. The phrase, your God is too small, is from Philip Yancey's book, He wrote one book that says, and challenges our thinking, your God is too small. And I think it is because our world is too small. So God wants to expand our world, expand our perspective. Living in the land of earth, living under the tent, how big is our world? Many of us are still living in our own land of comfort, living under the tent. How big can your world get when you do that? So, therefore, God has to deal with Abraham. And in chapter 15, verse 1, after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in what? A vision. God wants to give those people who are still living in the land of Ur under their tent, in their own small, tiny corner of the world, He wants to give us a vision. Chapter 15, verse 1 says, Vision and reward. The word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision and God says, I am your shield, I am your great reward. And interestingly, this is the first time in the Bible that the the words vision and reward appear. The first time that the word vision and reward appear. God, uh, God spoke to Abraham in a vision and says, your reward shall be great. Being a person of vision leads to a very rewarding life. But if our world is small and contained within ourselves, just like the Malay proverb says, seperti di bawah tempurung, we are living under the coconut shell. That kind of a life will be bereft of meaning, of power. Your life will not be rich when we continue to live in our small world. But being a person of vision leads to a very rewarding life. Let's be a people of vision. Let's capture that vision. Let God speak to us in a vision. He still speaks in visions and dreams. What is that vision that God wants to impart in your life and grant you a very rewarding life indeed. Otherwise, we continue to dwell in the land of mediocrity, a mediocre average life, impacting nobody, reaching nobody. The first vision that God wants to give is a vision of Himself. He says, I am. Abraham, I am. Here is the I am that I am who is speaking I am your shield other version says protector But that phrase I am itself is captivating enough And the first I am it reveals the heartbeat of God for mission And God said in Genesis 12 And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed God's idea is not just blessing Abraham, one individual, but He's looking out for all the families of the earth. That's the global Lord of mission. It reveals the very heartbeat of God for missions. And our God is a missionary God. Yes, the call was to work for an individual, one individual, Abraham. But it is from there that God will bless the, entire, the, the whole world, you know, the nations of the world and also the salvation of the world. So our God, it is important to see our God as a missionary God. The heart of God continues to beat for the nations and He has not deviated even from that purpose. God's world is very big. We live in a Walt Disney world. What is a Walt Disney World? It's a small, small world. The Walt Disney World is a small, small world. There's a song to it as well. But God's world is very big. How big is God's world? Very big. For God so loved the world, that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God didn't send His Son into the world to judge the world, but that the world should be saved through Him. It's a big world. It includes the sinners, the murderers, the thieves, the fornicators, the adulterers. It includes every single person on earth Even those that the world has given up on. But God's love still reaches out. His world is very big. If God so loved the world that Jesus came to save it, how big is this world? We get a glimpse of it in Revelation chapter 7 and other passages there. It includes persons of every race, tongue, tribe, and nation. God's world is very, very big. That's because His love is so big. Our God indeed is a great, big God. Somebody say amen. Amen. He's alongside us. He's in the world's mass. He was born as a babe. He lived a life of love, died on the cross. He's risen and lives forevermore. That's the bigness of our God. No prophet, no philosopher has ever done that, can ever do it, but He has done it. He's a great big God. So He's a lot of missions. He's also a lot of promises. He's a God of promises. He makes covenant with His people. He called Abraham and gave him a promise. I will bless you. I will make you a great nation. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. That's a promise He gave to Abraham. And it was partially fulfilled in Abraham's life. But later on in Israel, yes. And the promise was not just for Abraham's seed, but also for the seed of the Messiah. Because from there, the Messiah from the tribe of Judah shall come to save the world. The promise was fully portrayed in the life of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now fulfilled in the building of His church worldwide and will be perfectly fulfilled at the end of the age. And you can be sure, every promise that God made shall be fulfilled. Every dot, every tittle, every cross of the T's in the Bible shall be fulfilled. For He is a Lord of promises. He's also a Lord of the harvest. He's the Lord of the harvest. That's the world of God. He looks at the harvest. Not as a he is not a, a, a reactive or passive king. He is not a maintenance God, but he is proactive in missions. He's the one who initiates. He's the one who sent forth. The Holy Spirit calls forth people to preach the gospel. Even directed Paul in his missionary journeys and in all apostolic efforts in today's contemporary world to reach out to areas and people and groups that are yet to be reached with the gospel. It is not just human compassion. It is the passion of God, the yearning of God, the Lord of the harvest who is sending out laborers into the harvest field. We pray to Him. He raises up, He grants us this labor force. He is working actively in today's world. Some of us think that Christianity is not growing because we live in our own small world. You see me, I see you every day, you know, in the or or, or uh, every week in the cell and we have 12 people, one year 12 people we haven't grown and so we think the whole world of Christianity hasn't grown at all. That listen the fastest growth in the number of Christians over the past century has been in the sub sahara Africa and in the Asia Pacific region. In Africa, there has been a 60-fold increase. The Lord of the Harvest has granted a 60-fold increase. In 1910, there were only 9 million Christians. But 100 years later, there were 516 million Christians in Africa. Come on, give the Lord a big hand. In the Asia Pacific, 1910, only 28 million. But 100 years later, we have 285 million believers in the Asia Pacific. Amen. The Lord of the harvest is working. Christianity is booming in Latin America, the sub-Saharan Africa, Asia Pacific. In Africa, oh, God of the harvest is working tremendously. One out of four Christians in the world presently is in Africa. There are over 500 million believers in Africa itself. And they say, they projected that it will be 40% by 2030 in about 15 years. China is another great area. In 1950, during the Cultural Revolution there, China was close to foreign missionaries. There were one million believers in the country, but today... A very conservative estimate is there are 80 million and an average of 28,000 people become believers every day in China itself. Come on, give the Lord a hand. (laughs) The top 20 countries where Christianity has the highest percentage growth rate. Where do you think is the highest percentage growth rate? Now, this is an average annual growth rate, all right? Look at that, it's in Nepal. It is growing by 10.93%. And by any average standard, it is very high already. Although because, you know, they, they have a late start, although the percentage of Christians in 1970 is 0.1, but by 2020, it's going to rise to 3.8, and it keeps on increasing. Come on, all those countries, all, all those countries, uh, 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 mission trip to Nepal. Hallelujah. You are in the right place. We are going to the right place. Hallelujah. God is doing something there in Nepal. You hear about the tragedies. You hear about the earthquake and all that. But do you know that in all of these things, God is doing His great work over there? And of course in China. All right? And look at that. You know, even in the Middle East. Even in the Middle East. The strong bastion of Muslim world. UAE. Saudi Arabia, Qatar, Yemen, Bahrain—you find that there is a high rate of Christian growth. Now, all these are not necessary conversion growth. We understand that some are through uh, uh, by, uh, biological, some are through migration. All right, but there are strong num- uh, Christian presence now even in the Middle East, and many of the Middle East countries. Hey, God is doing something there. Brunei itself, all right? We hear so much negative things about Brunei, how, cl- how close it is. But even then, the Lord of the harvest is working in Brunei. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It's one of the highest uh, 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 average growth rate even in a country uh, 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 that is close to Christianity. And so brothers and sisters, God is doing something. 510 new churches are formed every day. On average, 178,000 people come to Christ. Every day, 178,000 people confessing Jesus Christ. Come on, give the Lord a big hand. And yes, the Islamic world. More people in the Islamic world have come to Christ in the last 25 years. Than in the entire history of Christian missions in the last 25 years, I have the statistics as well, but I will not show it. You know how many people, where, and all of those kind of things. But it is amazing. God, the Lord of the Harvest, is answering the cries of the church. Come on, give him a big hand. I am the Lord of the Harvest. I know what I am doing. All I want you to do, God says, is you join me. You join me, and I will. You listen to me. You obey me, and I will. Not only I am your shield, but I will bless you. God's blessing. God does not leave Abraham without a promise, but He said, I will bless you, and you will be a blessing. To show how great a blessing He has for Abraham, Who is locked up in his own tiny world? Because says Abraham, come out. And he brought him outside the tent, and he said, "Look towards heaven, and number the stars. If you are able to number them, anybody able to number the stars? One, two, three, four, five, hundred, hundred and one. Oh, you lost count. You miss. But how big is your God?" To see the bigness of God, he, Abraham must be brought outside. Too comfortable in his own tent. God took Abraham, Abram. At that time, his name was still Abram. Later, he'll be changed to Abraham, the father of many nations. But God took Abraham out of his own small, limited world, his tent, and showed him his vast resources. God had to take Abraham outside and give him a perspective of his authority. So church, don't look down. Don't look for coins on the road. Look up. See the stars. See the stars, the unlimited power and the blessings that God has. Your problem is not too big for God. Abraham says, I got a problem, God. What's the problem? I continue to be childless. I'm childless. I don't have a child. I don't have a legacy to pass on to. I've got a problem, big problem, God. God says, Your problem is not too big for me. I oh, will bless you. But, God, I got a problem. I'm childless and beyond the age of childbearing. My wife, too. God, but, God, God, here's the solution. The one in my household, Eliezer, my servant. My heir shall be through him. God says, no. God says, the heir shall be your very own son. You see, sometimes we, we live in a limited world and we think that our problem is too big for God. So we help God with our own solution. We suggest that to him, God, this way is better. Try this one. But God says, no. He has His way to bless us. Your problem is not too big. Whatever situation you are in right now, oh, we see the problem. We are weighed down by it. There is a way out. God will make a way out for you. Somebody shout amen. amen. Hallelujah. It's never ever too big for God. If our problem is too big for God, then our world is too small. And that's why our God is too small. But God is a big God. Don't tell God how big your storm is. Tell the storm how big your God is. Somebody say, "Amen, Hallelujah!" Don't tell your problems. You know, don't tell God how big your problems are. Tell your problems how big a God that you have. Come out of the tank. How big is your God? Oh, we have a big God, but. How small are our prayers really? So small. We limited God with our prayers. God alone, God wants us to look at Him. God wants us to look to Him. He alone is a source of security and comfort. He is our provider. He alone can supply us with the things that will endure throughout time. Look to Him. He is the only source. Look to the heavens. From whence comes my help? And there is the, another, I will. God says, I will make you a great nation. There is a mission's blessing. There is also the mission's making. I will make you. You see, God's big world includes you. God's big world includes you. God's love is bigger and big enough to include you and me. God, can, God wants to use you. If He can use Abraham, all right, He can use any one of us. The problem many times is we think we got a big God, but here am I, just a tiny person. Lord, can you really use me? Yes, God uses ordinary people. You look at all the people that God uses in the Bible, they are just ordinary people filled with witnesses. Not big in their own esteem, not worthy in their own esteem. But they have a big God, and this is the God that we serve. So go beyond your world. Our God is a big God. Somebody say amen again. Amen. Believe that God can use you. He is ready to do bigger, better things in your life today. God has a plan for your work. And when you realize that God's purpose for your life isn't just about you, but has a bigger world that He wants you, He wants to use you in. Then He will, when you realize that. It's not just about you Then He will use you in a mighty way As Dr. Tony Evans said It's not just about Abraham It's not just about a son His son It's not just about a nation Israel But it's for the whole world That's the plan of God How big is your heart today? God wants you to use wants to use us to reach the unreached. Although one hundred and seventy eight thousand people come to Christ every day, there are still many that are lost and unreached. And God's big world of the unreached includes you to reach them. Total people, are, total people groups in the world sixteen thousand seven hundred and fifty. Unreached people group still about 7,000, almost 41%. 2.9 billion people still have not heard the Lord, have not accepted the Lord Jesus Christ. Many of these have not even heard the name of Jesus Christ. In a 1040 window, billion people Are still unreached Many of them are Muslims, Hindus or Buddhists Or the non-religious The 1040 windows In missions Are as Those between the 10 and the 40 degrees On the world map And it covers Very much A major part of Asia Pacific where we are So many people's groups, So many religious groups Still not reach And God's big world includes you What does it take to reach them? In the last 40 years Over 1 billion people have died Every year 36 million people die Without hearing the message of salvation And every day 70,000 people die Every day In the unreached world Without Jesus Without ever hearing the true name There's still a lot of work to be done How can they be reached? God's first words to Abraham Are leave and go that's the first words of God to Abraham, recorded in Genesis chapter 12. No explanation given, no justification needed. Abruptly, the words of the Lord gave Abraham, leave and go. Leave the land of the Chaldees. And go to the land that I will show you And brothers and sisters God's big world includes you and I And God is saying the same thing as He did to Abraham He's saying to us, leave and go Leave your country Leave your family Leave your comfort Leave the land of the familiar Leave your king-size bed Leave Your hundreds of channels of cable TV and Astro Leave your nice comfortable aircon pipe in music toilet Leave your three meals a day Or even five meals a day Or as they say Malaysians Every time, every hour we eat Leave the comforts of your home And go Go to where the poor are crying out Go to where people have never heard The gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ Go to the land where they survive on 50 cents, U.S. cents. Less than a dollar a day. Go. It does not have to be to another country, but right here in our nation. Go to people who have never heard the gospel. The commands are still the same. Leave and go. Go. Get out, leave, go He's still saying to you and to me Get up, get going And there is always a blessing in going out You ask those people who have gone on a mission street When they come back They have been so blessed If God can say that to a 75 year old man like Abraham he can say it to young people as well. I was so excited. Andy Chong, our worship leader here. Recently, I think he and a wife must have prayed very hard. When the children, the two children approached them and say, We want to go to Sri Lanka. Who are... Brother and sister together joined Pastor Sunita who went to Sri Lanka And I know that their lives will never be the same again As parents, you are concerned Wow, two go together at one time But we are seeing a new generation of missionaries Not just the 75-year-olds, Abrahams anymore but the new generations are coming Who will say And obey God When He say Get out, get out, get going Go! Hallelujah! <laughs> there is blessing in getting out There is getting going And we hear the same command in Matthew 28, 18, 20 God echoes the same command to Abraham He echoes to the church Go into the world Brothers and sisters, let's reach them Then we can all go home to heaven Hallelujah Let's reach them and then we can all go home Hallelujah So let's go beyond our world Let's go beyond our world And embrace the world of God Shall we pray?